go on another exciting episode of Circle the Wagons, the completely unofficial fanboy podcast of the Dallas Cowboys. I am Jared Finley. Thank you for joining me here today. It is Friday, and you know what that means. It is time now to take a look at next week's opponent, or this week's opponent, I guess, this Sunday's opponent, <laughs> we should be more said, uh, is the Atlanta Falcons, a team which put up over 400 yards passing last week against a uh, supposedly good Seattle defense. Uh, we'll take a look at that. We'll take a look at that game, preview the game. Um, we've got some things we want to talk about here real quick as still coming off that loss against the St. Louis, St. Louis, my goodness, the LA Rams. And there's still a lot of things to really unpack when it really comes to what really happened to the Dallas Cowboys. There was some questionable play calls. So there, there's 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 a lot of that. Obviously not going for it, um, not kicking the field goal when you had an opportunity to, um, and then obviously signing signing Greg Zerline as a kicker, even though Kyle, Fur, Kyle Forbath did not miss a kick last season. I think he was 10 for 10. Greg Zerline lines up for, a, was it like a routine 56-yarder and misses it? And it's just like, why did we get rid of a kicker who didn't miss a kick last year? Isn't that kind of the point of a kicker? You want a guy who's pretty well consistent. And then when you're even in field goal range, you don't give him a shot. What does that say about Greg Zerline? But it's uh, neither here or there. It's So a lot of questions that I still have. And of course, the main thing I think it always comes back on is Dak Prescott. Is Dak Prescott, is he worth the money? You know, is this is the year. He's on his franchise tag right now. And he doesn't have a contract next year for the Cowboys. This is it. I mean, this year, I feel, is a make or break year for Dak Prescott because the Cowboys can't continue to franchise tag him because they have to pay him more money. And there, um, there's been some room for the Cowboys that they've actually um, – Rework some contracts with some other players, trying to maybe free up some cap space just because the cap don't know what to do going into next year because of the coronavirus. They think the cap might be lower just because the revenue might be down. And so they are trying to free up some cap space. Um, the owners have really talked about it. They uh, they want to get this done. They want to get this done. They want to get Dak signed and that is the thing still, which I find amazing that we are in year five of the Dak Prescott being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, and there's still questions. I don't think anybody has a definitive answer what Dak is, what Dak can do, and is Dak worth a multi-year, $100 million a year contract? And I find that amazing. After five years, we still don't know what's going on with Dak Prescott. That we still don't know what this guy can do. Even though at the end of the ball game, that he threw a perfect pass to Michael Gallup, who absolutely burned the best cornerback in the league and got a and and was flagged for offensive pass interference. What could have lined up? 
for a game-tying field goal. Should have been a game-winning field goal or maybe even a touchdown. And yet we still have questions on Dak. The, the thing I want to throw out right now is that people are still saying that the offensive line is still top five caliber. Now, I think with Travis Frederick, you could say that. Now, Travis Frederick, he was an all-pro, multi-year Pro Bowl center for the Dallas Cowboys out of Wisconsin. He ended up retiring this year. Um, he just... You know, he had that he had that uh, that health concern two years ago. He came back last year, played pretty well, was the anchor of that offensive line. Now you don't have that. Now you have Joe Looney there at center. And I like Joe. I do like Joe. I do like Joe Looney at that center position. I think he he's a kind of a multi offensive line. I think he's played guard. He's played tackle. Um, and you know they they moved him. Then they, they did move him to center. I do like him. But he's not Travis Frederick. They still have the all-world Zach Martin, who's considered probably the second-best guard in the NFL. They still have Tyron Smith, who is also considered one of the best tackles in football. But you still have a lot of gaping holes in inexperience. And with new offensive linemen, it's, it's not as dominant as it used to be. But can you compare the offensive line after one game. Once again, it was the LA Rams. They did have they do have they still do have Aaron Donald. And the reason why I know that is because Aaron Donald was pretty much in the backfield the entire game. And Sean McVay is still a very smart coach. So he's going to recognize that hey, we're probably the Cowboys are probably going to double team Aaron so we have to find the mismatches when it comes to our blitz packages, to our to our defensive line, and hey, this guy's going to be new. Let's stick let's stick so and so on him, and so he's a very smart coach, and he's still considered one of the top coaches in the NFL, especially being such. I mean, Sean McVay is four days older than me, <laughs> so he is making multi-million dollar decisions handling an NFL franchise, and I am sitting in my kitchen with two dirty water cups right beside me recording a podcast. Our lives have taken different different routes in our lives, but Sean McVay is still a very smart and very, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a tactician, and, and so he knows offensively what to do, and, and this is the thing that he noticed with going into the game that even though Aaron Donald was double teamed, I mean, he still got through the line. So I have to put a lot of fault on the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, you give anybody, I mean, we saw it against the the Texans and the Chiefs. That offensive line was terrible. It's awful. And Deshaun Watson was running for his life. He had no protection whatsoever. And you just kind of have to build around that. You have to know that. And that's another thing that Sean McVay did. So the Cowboys went out and and spent a lot of money on pass rushers. Spent a lot of money. Still have very decent pass rushers, especially uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Um, And then Randy Gregory, he's coming back, though he didn't play. Uh, You you still have. And Emerson Griffin for the the Vikings. Uh, You know, you still have these pass rushers. So what do you do? 
you negate the pass rushers. You have a lot of play action. You have a lot of quick slants. You have a lot of quick routes. You don't want your quarterback to be holding the football because, and it showed yesterday um, or last Sunday, Alden Smith, he was getting in the backfield. Um, Everson Griffin, he was making some tackles in the backfield as well. That when Jared Goff held the ball for longer than two seconds, which is, you know, we're not, now we're looking at three, four seconds, he was in trouble. He couldn't do it because the Cowboys do have a decent pass rush. But when you, when you know that you have rushers and you know it's like, hey, we need to get the ball out. We need to get it under open spaces. We need to do this. We need to do that. That's exactly what the Rams did. And coming out of halftime, I didn't feel like the Cowboys made a lot of changes. I still felt like it was the same game plan, and I feel the Cowboys got some lucky breaks with the Rams not being able to score points. And it, it it's just crazy that maybe the offensive line for the Cowboys isn't as good as it used to be in the past. Um, do I think they're a top five O line? No. Do I think maybe they cracked the top ten? They might they might be teetering. You know, they might be teetering maybe at a 12, 12, 11, somewhere in there. But are they as dominant as they used to be? No. So they're not going to provide Dak Prescott a lot of time to throw. So where do we draw the line when it comes to blame for a quarterback? How much do we put on a quarterback that we're like, hey, we don't have a lot of pieces around you, but you still have to go succeed? So at what point do we look at maybe Joe Burrow for the Cincinnati Bengals and maybe realize that he's a good quarterback or he's not a good quarterback because you're going to a dumpster fire of a franchise? Now with Dak, it's it, I, they say that this is the year. I think the Cowboys, they a lot of fans and a lot of GMs and a lot of people have said this is the year we've gone all in obviously, except for signing Dak to a multi-year contract. Um, we've gone all in, and this is the year. This is our make-or-break year. You know, we've, we signed Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. Um, we have all these pieces now. This is championship. We have a championship-caliber team. And now you lose your starting tight end, Blake Jarwin, who also signed a multi-year contract in the offseason to the season. As he tears, he, he he tears some ligaments in his knee. Leighton Vanderesh, he gets hurt again. Sean Lee, he's out. Lyle Collins, he's out for three or four more weeks. And I think he's uh, he was an absolute steal by the Cowboys when they got him out of LSU. It's it it's just it, I feel like <laughs> so much stuff hit on the first game of the season, and now we have to turn our your focus to the Atlanta Falcons, and once again, we'll cover that game in just a little bit, but I just still feel like the offensive line, just not as good. They're just not as good as they they have been in the past, and so you can't put a lot of blame on Dak Prescott, because if you're under duress, there's only, there's only so many things your your athletic ability can do. And if you don't change up the game plan or you don't try something else new, it's it, it you're going to look like an incompetent quarterback. But it, it's still once the NFL is driven by the play of your quarterback, and that is how you measure the success 
of a quarterback and of a team is winning. And they didn't win Sunday. Cowboys go in the hole, 0-1 on the season, trying to get searching for their first win of the season. Let's talk about the Falcons and kind of what they were able to accomplish last week against Seattle. Uh, Matt Ryan goes for over 400 yards. They have three wide receivers who go over 100 yards individually. So that is going to be a big test for this Cowboys secondary, which seemed to be lost last Sunday against the against the Rams. So it'll be very interesting to see how they will do with this passing attack of Atlanta because they're going to want to air it out. They're not going to want to run the football. Okay, that's what not Ad- <laughs> Atlanta is not known for their ground and pound game. Uh, ever since Matt Ryan has come into Atlanta, they've been known to air it out. And that's what they're going to want to do. They're going to want to throw against the Cowboys. Now, what is going to be interesting, though, is something that I want to see is what Atlanta is going to do when they face the pass rush of the Dallas Cowboys. Are they going to go more to a shortened passing game? Because Aaron, because um, uh, Ryan, he likes to throw the football down the field. Okay, he He's going to go a little bit deeper than what Jared Goff did uh, last week against them. He's going to try that. Now, are they going to now shorten that? Since that seemed to work for the Rams, but is that going to work for Atlanta? So that's another test that the Cowboys need to do. This is going to be a big defensive test for the Cowboys. Can they get pressure on Matt Ryan? Can they stop you know, a Julio Jones and can Trayvon Diggs step up in that rookie role? He gained a massive praise from Mike McCarthy and that coaching staff. They said that he really did earn his star last week against the Rams. But this is another test. This is a test of, of uh, Atlanta's passing game and how the Cowboys are going to attack it. Um, and uh, some basically some news that basically kind of broke today was that Tyron Smith um, actually uh, he looked sounded like he he was hurt in practice. It looked, sounded like from Mike McCarthy it was from individual drills, and that is something that they're going to continue to watch. And he might be a game time decision for Atlanta. Um, and then there was also an injury to Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper was not really forthcoming with interviewers and, and the media. When they asked him about his injury, he pretty much said that he's ready to go. And they said that he will be ready against the Atlanta Falcons. And then also taking a look at some other things here. As Like I said, the Cowboys, they, they, uh, they face a tough test. Um, even with the Falcons, they, I mean, they haven't changed much how they do things on offense. Uh, they were ineffective um, uh, running the ball with Gurley, who just had 56 yards um, in his return. Uh, but Matt Ryan, he threw the football 54 times, uh, accounting for 72% of their total plays on offense. So once again, he had Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley had a big game, uh, and then uh, Russell Gage, he also had uh, 100 yards receiving as well. Uh, 450 receiving yards for those three wide receivers. Now, uh, Ryan stepped back and he relies on the protection a lot and his attack down the field. Uh, the Cowboys cornerbacks, uh, you know, they were they were challenged last week because Rams were so run heavy 
But once again, that changes a lot this week. Uh, Awuzie, Anthony Brown, T- uh, uh, Trevion Diggs, um, they're going to have their hands full as Ryan loves to spread it out to those three wide receivers. And it's going to be very interesting to see what they can do. Head coach Mike McCarthy did mention that uh, today's practice, uh, usually fr- Friday's practice, uh, known as a kind of a, a rejuvenate practice, and he kind of went into more uh, of that detail during his daily press conference. Well, the key to it is, is really you're coming off a of workload Thursday, so it's the, the heaviest part of our week as far as the time on the field, the padded practice, you know, hitting all the situations. The players are sore today, which which they should be from the amount of work they did yesterday. Uh, we start at 7 a.m. with a young young player meeting. Um, that started at seven. Special teams and quarterbacks was seven thirty. Uh, eight eight thirty was a was a team meeting, and uh, you know that went to about nine o'clock. And then we had a mock game review, which is an IR segment that we're on the field, uh, kind of going through a walkthrough, jog through type tempo, hitting all the different situations, both offensive, offensively, defensively, and, and special teams. Yeah. So once again, this is kind of a relaxing day for the Cowboys here today. Just trying to get healthy just trying to prepare for the game this Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. And now let's get to the exciting part of this episode. What are the three things, what are the three big things that the Cowboys need to do to get victory against the Atlanta Falcons? Here are my three keys. Keys to the game. Keys to the game. Keys to the game. Keys to Number one, pressure Matt Ryan. I am looking at the defensive line in this game to do some massive damage against the Atlanta Falcons. Once again, not a team that really likes to run the football. They're going to want to air it out. We've covered that already, and that is the main thing. This defensive line really needs to step up, make some plays, and really put some pressure on that offensive front, put some pressure on Matt Ryan. I want to see some blitzes. I want to see it, see them mix it up. I want to see what this defense can really do, and I think they're going to be one of the major points in the game that is going to determine how the Cowboys finish this game. That is the major point, I think, that the Cowboys are really going to have to rely on their defense. And that's one of the big question marks I kind of had going into Sunday during the game is I kind of felt nervous every time they took the field. Is this like, I hope, I feel like this is a bend but don't break defense. Uh, this defensive front, Demarcus, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Emerson Griffin, uh, Demetrius Poe, Looking at you guys to make some big plays, get some stops, get pressure on Matt Ryan, not give him time to throw the football. Um, I trust the secondary. They're young, but they're talented. So I trust them. That's defensive front. I am looking at you. That's my first key to the game. Second key to the game. You have to give Dak Prescott time. You have three good wide receivers, not good, potentially three number one wide receivers in Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. Look, Jeff Schultz is not going to be your go-to for the tight end, okay? 
as good as he might be right now, he's he, he is not uh, Blake Jarwin. I was excited for Blake Jarwin, not as excited for Jeff Schultz. I've not put in a lot of pressure on him to really give Dak maybe his kind of his go-to, kind of what Jason Witten was to Tony Romo. Uh, so now it's giving Dak Prescott time to find these wide receivers in Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb. I want, I expect CeeDee Lamb to have a big game. I, I expect him to have a bigger game and a bigger impact than he did uh, last week. So I'm looking forward to that. I want to see what these three wide receivers want, can do. We heard a lot of talk in the preseason that they want to be the first three wide receivers to all have a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards receiving. And right now, they need to either improve their route running uh, or, or the playmaking needs to change. Kellen Moore really needs to look at himself and realize hey, we have some weapons. We got to use them. But it all happens up front with that offensive line, giving Dak Prescott plenty of time to look down, down the field, go through his progressions, and find the guys who are going to make some big plays. Also expect Amari Cooper, I, I just expect these wide receivers to make some bigger plays than they did last week. They want to show how good this wide receiving core is. And it's going to be very, very good. Uh, this is going to be a great game for them to do that since Atlanta's secondary kind of young when it comes to this cornerback position. But it all happens up front. It all happens up front. They have to give Dak time to throw the football. And my third key to the game, it's going to rely on the legs of Ezekiel Elliott. You want to keep, how do you stop a potent offense? Easy, you keep them on the sidelines. You want to run, I expect uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard to have a lot of carries in this game. If they want to limit that Atlanta offense, keep the ball on the ground, pound it out. I mean, Zeke was doing some, I mean, he was very, very potent against the L.A. Rams. And they kind of went away with it. Even in the passing game, Pollard and Zeke did amazing jobs. I want to see Tony Pollard receive more carries for the Dallas Cowboys. That is something that I want to see. I think he's a shiftier running back than Ezekiel Elliott. You can limit the carries that Zeke gets in the season, but you have to use him. You have to use Tony Pollard in the running game, in the passing game. So you give Zeke a breather. But it is going to rely on Zeke and Tony Pollard as well. How, that's how you limit a high-powered offense is you keep them on the sidelines. So I'm expecting Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, both of those guys also to step up in this game as well. And they are going to be a third key to the game. And another reason that the Cowboys will take this one. As my score prediction for the game, Dallas Cowboys will get their first win of the season against the Atlanta Falcons by the final score of 27-23. Cowboys move to 1-1 one one on the year. Hey, this has been another great podcast. This is another, another great episode of Circle of the Wagons. Make sure you join us again right here as we will then recap the game against the Atlanta Falcons. Take a look at what happened. Either we're happy or we're sad. 
We'll see what happens with the Dallas Cowboys. You just never know. Thank you for joining me once again. I am Jared Finley, and this has been Circle the Wagons. Catch us on Apple iTunes um, as often as we can, especially game, uh, after games, before games, major news that happens within the Cowboy organization that we will be right here to talk about it and discuss it. Once again, I'm Jared Finley. It's been Circle the Wagons right here on your podcast radio network.